Well, hey, if you don't know, uh, my name is Aaron, and uh, I'm the lead pastor here at Mosaic. And if you're a guest with us, uh, we're super pumped that you're here. Um, come and check out uh, our last week of At the Movies. And uh, if you don't know, if you haven't been with us, and this is your first week, and you're checking us out, and you're like, what in the world are they doing with movies? You know, we've had people ask around, along the way, like, what? why are we watching movies at church? That doesn't seem very Christian-like. And, and, uh, and for us, just you got to know, at Mosaic, like, we... We think pretty highly of Jesus. We've got to think he's a big deal. And he, one of the things that Jesus did when he taught his followers uh, and those who were learning from him is he told stories a lot, parables. And he would tell stories with familiar characters and familiar, familiar plots uh, to, to, to relate with just real people about himself and teach them about life, eternity, and all these things. And so for us, we thought, you know what, we're going we're gonna to follow Jesus and, and use stories, and what better stories, and uh, what more familiar stories than movies, because we all love movies. And so we've been doing this throughout the series. We look at films and some of the themes there, and then we open up the scriptures and talk about the connection to real life. So that's, that's what we're doing. So this is week four, and uh, we are watching this, this morning the original Karate Kid. So I'm very pumped. Glad to have you with us. Um, I love the original Karate Kid. Uh, it's crazy. I, I didn't realize it, how old it was until this week. But it was 1984 uh, that this film came out. It's crazy. Well, some of you, was that, was that your year you were born, 1984? Got some, oh, yeah, okay. Got some youngins. No, I'm just kidding. I'm two years older than you, if that's you. Um, so, yeah, so anyway, uh, 1984, original Karate Kid, cult classic, great film. And so we're going to watch about 15 minutes, so get comfortable. Um, I wanted to watch the whole thing. I really struggled to cut it down because it's just so good. And so we're going to watch, you know, Mr. Miyagi and Daniel Sun. Uh, as their relationship, and he's going through training, and then we had to include the final fight scene, because uh, it's just so good. So, so we're going to watch that. If you haven't got popcorn, um, we got popcorn for you, got coffee, get comfortable, and enjoy the original Karate Kid. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Pretty sure that's based on a true story that happened exactly like that. <laughs> Wouldn't you love when you do the right thing, like your enemies just run up and hand you the trophy, like, yeah. Not the way that it works. <laughs> but we're going to come back to this movie and this film in a little bit. But I want to begin kind of where we started with this question that we asked uh, during the interactive time. is when, when, you, when you hear the word Christian, right, what, what kind of images come to mind? What kind of word association do you have when you hear the word Christian? Uh, I would venture to guess that we'd have some very different answers represented in the room. right? Some of them might be positive. A lot of them, like me... Uh, maybe some of those are very, very negative. Um, you know, just if I if I do it, if we did a word association with like Olympian, for example, right? I don't know if you got to see like the uh, the opening ceremonies of the Olympics on Friday night. Maybe you'd have images of that, right? But we'd basically all have, we have you know what I mean when I say Olympian, right? Or, or if I said comedian, right? You might picture Mitch Hedberg, you know, or Jim Gaffigan, or Dane Cook, or whoever. But we all have the same image of what a comedian is. Or if I said politician, right? You'd picture someone who's lost. You know, sorry, I had to. Um, you know, but we know what a politician is, right? You think Washington, D.C. We, we understand that. But if I say Christian, uh, very different images, very different understandings. Right? In fact, the interesting thing, like if we broke into groups of 10 and, and we said, okay, like share your definition of what a Christian is, right? You and I both know you're not going to get 10 of the same definitions, right? In fact, you might get five different definitions. Uh, you might get eight different definitions, Right, very different ideas of what it means to be Christian, which is why if somebody came up to you on the street and said, hey, are you a Christian? All right, if you're like me, you'd be like, well, can I qualify that? You know, like, 
yeah, but I'm not, I'm not that kind of Christian. Maybe not what you're thinking. You know, we were getting this church kind of just up and going very uh, early stages. I was working at Jimmy John's delivering sandwiches, you know, uh, which was a great job. But I was downtown, and every now and then, you know, like the guys would show up with the big cross, you know, and, and just rail on people as they walk by, right? Just, you're a sinner, you're, you're going to hell, repent, turn or burn type stuff, you know. Um, unloving, to say the least. And I remember my manager pulled me aside, like, as this is going on, right outside our storefront, and he's like, hey, Loy, this guy says he's a Christian. You're a Christian, right? You know, like, no. I mean, yes, but no, you know. I'm a Christian, but not like, not like that. You know, for some of you, you were raised to believe, like, you, you know, you became a Christian somewhere along the way, right? So maybe like, uh, like me, you grew up in a tradition where, like, you prayed a prayer at some point along the way, and, and you became a Christian, right? And people told you you weren't a Christian before, but then you prayed a prayer, and now you're a Christian, or maybe your tradition, you grew up in a church where they said, no, once you're baptized, then you're really, that, that's when you're a Christian. When you're baptized as a baby, or maybe a tradition where it's like, no, you need to be baptized as an adult and choose it for yourself. And then you're really a Christian. Right? Or maybe you grew up in a background, uh, a Christian environment, church environment, where they said, no, you need to finish this class. Right? You go through confirmation, and on the other side of it, then, then you're really a Christian. Right? Or maybe like me, you grew up in a context where you were raised to believe that when it comes to being Christians, like your brand was the true brand. Right? Your brand of Christianity was the true brand. There's lots of false brands, but you were the real deal, the real thing. Right? I, I was raised Baptist. Right? We knew we were the real thing. You know? All those other pagan Methodists and Presbyterians and all these other things, like, we're Baptists, y'all. Sunday night, you know? Sunday night, our lights are on. We're at church. Again, all those pagans, Methodist churches, lights are off, you know? But we were, we were more holy. We didn't engage in, like, the fleshly, sinful desires, the real serious stuff. You know, not, not sex, not drugs, not murder, dancing. We did not dance, right? You know why Baptists are so vehemently against sex before marriage? It might lead to dancing, right? <laughs> Sorry. We love you, Baptists. Love you. Right? But maybe you were raised to believe that your, your brand of Christianity, that that's the true brand. Or you, maybe you would say, you know, I was a Christian. I grew up in the church. My parents took me to church, but as soon as I could make my own decisions, I'm out. Right? I, I'm not, I used to be a Christian, but not anymore. You know, or maybe you, you went to a conference when you were a teenager, and, and they did this scary skit, and your friends died in a car accident, and you're on this escalator going to hell, and Satan was laughing, and so you went forward and prayed the prayer. And I was like, well, I was a Christian, but not, not anymore. That's not me. That's not me. Right? Maybe some of you, well, you raised in a tradition where you say, well, hold on a second. No, there's no such thing as was a Christian. Right? Because once a Christian, that's right, always a Christian. You can't un-Christian yourself. There's no was Christian. Right? And others of you say, oh, no, 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 there's definitely was Christians. I was raised in, in a Christian environment, and we taught that there was, there's certain sins that if you committed those sins, you're, you were a was. <laughs> you know? You're not a Christian anymore. Right? And so maybe for you, you've prayed the salvation prayer like a hundred times. You just pop it like, like Tylenol, you know, because you're, like, you're not sure if it took or not. You know? Is it kicking in? I can't, I can't tell. Right? Some of you were raised to believe uh, right, that it's really, to be a real Christian, it's really about what you believe. Right? And not behave. It's what you believe, and as long as you believe the right things, then you're, then you're really a Christian. And others of you were in a different environment. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's how you behave. Right? How you behave reveals what you believe. Right? Right? And isn't it interesting that this term that we use a lot. We throw around that not, we can't agree, and, and many of us would associate ourselves with this term, that we can't agree on what it means. Right? Some of you would say, if you're really honest, you know what, I can't stand Christians. 
I can't stand them. And honestly, anything that's associated with Christians or Christianity, I don't want anything to do with it. Right? For, mo- for me, for most of my life, that's, that's me. And there's still weeks, most, maybe most weeks, rather that's still me. Maybe for you, this is how you would define Christian. I'm going to give you the full screen version. Christians are, you'd say Christians are judgmental, homophobic moralists who think they're the only ones going to heaven and who secretly relish the fact that everyone else is going to hell. Right? Can I get an amen? You know what I'm saying? Like Some of you, you don't even know what amen means, but you're just, amen. Because that's, that's how you feel, right? And, and if you don't feel that way, we all know people who do. And, and regardless of the background that you grew up in, regardless of what you think Christian means or what you were raised to believe Christian means, there are weeks when it seems like this is what the Christian community is throwing out. And none of us want to be a part of that, right? What does it mean to be a Christian? So if somebody asks you, are you a Christian? On the street, right? Our answer would be like, uh, yeah, but. Not like, you know, you, no, but. And so here, here's, here's the good news. And here's, here's where I'm going with this. Uh, the good news is that none of the things that we just talked about are described in the Bible as being Christian. None of them. Right, so for a lot, a lot of us, like a lot of the crap that gets pushed under the name Christ or Christian or Christianity does not hold the good, bad, the ugly, does not hold any weight when it comes to what the scriptures say or don't say about what it means to be Christian. The bad news is that although it's something that's far more beautiful, that it costs a great deal more, as you can about imagine. So here's, here's the thing about the term Christian, right? The term Christian is only used three times in the Bible. And it was never used by the Jesus community to describe themselves. In fact, originally it was a derogatory term. It was not a term of endearment to be called a Christian. It was like being called a redneck, you know, or white trash. Or it was worse than that, but I'm not going to use any others, right? But it was like a term that people use where it's like, you know, you see people and they act the same way and they dress the same way and they have a lot of the same habits and you're like, oh, what is this? You know, they're, 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 fill in the blank. They're Christians. They're Christians. And so what I want to do real briefly is share a little snippet from the Bible that talks about where we get this term Christian. Uh, it's, one of the, it's only used three times, and this is one of the three, and it's the clearest that we have. It tells where this term came from. And it's in Acts 11, verses 25 and 26, and this is what it says. It says, Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. Right? The church is just exploding in Antioch, and they're, they're bringing in Christian leaders, to uh, Jesus community leaders, leaders of the way, to help organize the church. And, and it says, So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. And then check out this phrase, all right? The Dr. Luke is taking notes through all of this. This is where we get this manuscript. And it says, the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. All right, and so there, it's, not, it's not a term that was used by Christians. It's not what they called themselves. This is something that those who were outside of the Jesus community were trying to make sense of this. And it's like, you know what they are? They're, they're those, 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 those Christians. Those Christians, those rednecks, you know? The white trap, like those guys. Christians, but Christians, they never called themselves that. The people that were part of the Jesus community, they didn't use that term. And the term that they used was far more scary. It was far more defined, far more weighty, far more convicting, especially for those of us who who are interested in Jesus and want to follow follow Jesus. And And so one of the reasons that we have so much diversity and division and denominations, right? one of the reasons that you have so many Christians... On, on the sides, both sides of every issue, right? Every political issue, every legal issue, on the side of every war, right? You have predominantly Christian nations going to war against one another. Civil rights movement, you had Christians and you had churches on both sides of the issue. One of the reasons we can't get along is that nobody can open up the Bible and say, oh, you know what, this is what a Christian is. 
Because nowhere. Nobody can open up and say, you know, you can't do that. It says right here, this is what a Christian is. It doesn't say that. In fact, the only two other two places that it uses the term Christian is one where, uh, I think it was Peter. Check my facts here before I give you bad information. Yeah, Peter. So Peter's talking about persecution against the church. And he's talking about the outsiders persecuting the Christians. And another, another one is Paul. He's standing before this leader. And, he's, and this leader is just railing him. And the leader says, hold on, hold on. You're not trying to make a Christian out of me, are you? Right, but they didn't use that term. Right, those who are part of the Jesus movement, they used a term that was far more terrifying. And they used this word, right, disciple. Disciple. Right, and the reason that this is, a, is far more terrifying for those of us who are interested in Jesus and want to follow Jesus is unlike Christian, disciple is really, really defined. Right, because it, you can be a Christian and get away with anything. Like, you can hide behind the term Christian and do whatever you want. You can define the word, undefine the word, redefine the word, misdefine the word. Or you can make it whatever you want. But when it comes to being a disciple, you lock in on this word, and then you open up the scriptures, whoo, everything changes. And all of a sudden, it gets really scary. All of a sudden, there, there's something that we're called to. All of a sudden, it's being defined for us what this means. We don't get to define it anymore. Right, and so this word disciple, right? So the question, of course, is, is what, what then is a disciple, right? And the word disciple in the Greek means the exact same thing uh, as it means in the English, right? Words uh, means learner, uh, pupil, teacher, uh, or excuse me, apprentice, follower, or somebody who sits beneath a teacher, right? a student in action, right? And, and so it's like, a disciple is somebody who sits below a teacher and says, you know what, okay, what do you want me to do? What would you do in this situation? Okay, that's what I'm going to do. All right, where, where would you go if you were me? Okay, that's what you would do. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. How would you live your life? Okay, that's how I'm going to live my life. All right, and that's one of the reasons we chose this film, right, is we get this great picture of what it means to be a disciple. Right, it's an action. It's one-on-one. It's you're following the teacher. Jesus is the teacher. Jesus is the rabbi. You're the disciple. You're the student. And Jesus says, all right, wax on, wax off. In action, this is what you do. Okay, that's what you do. That's what I'm going to do. Right, which is huge, because this is very, very different than what I was raised to believe like the spiritually mature people do. Because I was raised to believe those who are really spiritually mature, they just had the most answers. They knew the most Bible. Right? It was a cognitive endeavor to grow spiritually. But that's not the picture that disciple conjures up. It looks a lot more like that. Step by step, obedience, letting the teacher say, okay, you know what? You might not understand it. You might not see how all the pieces fit together, but this is what I want you to do, okay? This is what I'm going to do, right? This is posture of, okay, yes, yes. Whatever, okay, whatever you want to do, yes. Before you ask, yes, because I'm yours, in your hands. And whew, that is a lot different than being a Christian, a lot different. So what it does is it asks of us a very, a very intrusive question, very scary question, and it says, are, 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 are we... Disciples? Or are we just Christians? Are you a follower of Jesus? Are you a disciple? Or are you just a Christian? Are you letting Jesus define what that means for you? On his terms, follow him? Yes, Jesus. Yes, yes. Or are you just just a Christian? Big, big difference. All right, so here's where I want to hone in this morning, is I want to let Jesus define for us what it means to be his disciple. I want to look at a portion of scripture where Jesus is with his, his disciples, these people that don't want to just be Christians, who want to be disciples. He said, okay, this, that's what you want. Here's your marching orders. Right? Here's the bottom line. If I could leave you with anything, this is it. And what's happening is Jesus is coming to the end of his life in ministry. And these are basically, these are his parting words to his followers. 
to his disciples. Right? So if, if you've been married, or if you're a parent and your child got married, right, these are like the, the parting words of wisdom, right? It's like, okay, you know, this is the one thing or two things you need to know. Well, mom says it's three things, so remember these five things. You know, you're just trying to get everything in there, you know? Right before I got married, my dad and I went golfing, and that, that was our heart-to-heart, right? You're about to come a man. This is what you need to know. If you, don't, if you don't remember anything else I ever taught you, this is what you need to know. And that's what's going on here. And so Jesus is sitting down with his disciples, and, and this is what he says. This, this is the one thing you've got to get right. John 13, 33. says, my children, I'll be with you only a little longer. Right? In other words, lean in. This is it. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. Now, when he says this, Peter kind of perks up a little bit. You know, and Peter was the guy who was always putting his foot in the mouth and just, you know, his whole kind of philosophy of life was like ready, fire, aim. You know, he just like jumped into things. He was often wrong. And Jesus was like, oh my gosh, Peter, come on. So Peter's ears perk up. And he's like, well, hold up. Where, where are you going? Where are you going? Why can't we come? I'm a disciple. Where you go, uh, we go, right? Does, 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 does Andrew get to go? Because if he gets to go, I get to go, Right? Where are you going? So he just, gets, he just gets honed in on this obsessed with this idea. You're going somewhere? Like, I get to go with you. Right? And then Jesus moves on and he says, look, a new command I give you. Right? A new command I give you. Now, the Greek for this little word, right, means unusual, strange, odd, impractical, not what you would expect. Same thing it does in the English. A new command I get you. And if, by the way, for those of you who grew up in church, you know it's coming. Right? This isn't like new information. This isn't one of those verses that, oh, I didn't know that was in the Bible. Right? So for some of you, you heard this dozens of times. And the disciples were the same way. It says, look, a new command I give you. You're my guys. All right, lean in. These are my last words. Love one another. Love one another. Right? And John's taking notes and what's the manuscript we're reading from right now. And he's like, wait a second, that's not new. That's not new at all. Jesus, that's in the Old Testament, man. In fact, you've said that a number of times. Right? That is not new not new. But then he elaborates. He says, as a new command I give you, love one another. He says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And John stops. He's like, ah, wow. I don't know if I can do that. Jesus is saying, look, guys, you remember Matthew? Remember the day that we met you? And all these other disciples, they couldn't stand you. They didn't want to talk to you because you're a traitor, Mr. Tax Collector. Remember that? Guys, you remember meeting Matthew? They're like, yep. You remember how I treated Matthew? Remember how I loved him and embraced him as one of my inner circle? Guys, you remember that day? You remember where we, where we went? They're like, yeah, Matthew's house. Hung out with all the people mom and dad said I shouldn't be hanging out with. You threw a party for him. Right? And Jesus was like, yeah, you remember the conflict? You remember the conflict between all you guys? Do you remember how I treated Matthew? Do you remember I, how I treated you? Remember the way that I loved you? Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do now. That's what, I'm, that's what it means to be my disciple. Nathaniel, remember the day that we met, man? You remember what you said about me right before we met? He said, Nazareth, can anything good come from Nazareth? He's like, dude, you dissed on my whole family, my stopping grounds, all of my friends, man. But do you remember how I treated you? Mm-hmm. Remember how I loved you and I, said, I, I invited you to be one of my followers, one of my guys? That's how you're supposed to. To love right, one another. Right, you guys, you remember when I gave the vampire sermon? I was saying how people need to eat my flesh and drink my blood, and everybody freaked out because they didn't know what I meant. And everybody left. And remember, if you guys were honest, you all wanted to leave too. 
you remember how I treated you? Do you remember how I loved you? That's what I want you to do for one another. And then he says this in verse 35. He says, by this, by this one thing, by this one dynamic, by this one defining characteristic, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. By this, right? There it is. Christian doesn't mean anything. Christian can be whatever you want it to mean. But disciple, uh uh-oh, that's defined. We're supposed to love one another as Jesus has loved us. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. And then just in case they missed it, he says it again. If you love one another. All right, so I know most of us are Christians. Many of us in this room, but are, are we disciples? Are you a disciple? That's an intrusive question. Is this what your life is characterized by? If people had to define it, what they see in your life, the way that you love other people, the way that you treat other people? It's a tough question. And then here's my favorite part of the passage, because I just love Peter. He's such a failure, and I just relate. I mean, Jesus has just dropped a bomb on these guys, right? I mean, this is the end. This is, this is the, the, the crescendo of his ministry. He is like, this is the, the big speech right before they take the playing field. And he just said, this is the one thing. This is the one thing. Don't forget, this is the one thing. Forget everything else I had to say if you must, but this is the one thing you need to remember. And then Simon Peter asked him, so where are you going? I love that. It's like, Peter, dude, you just miss everything. That, that I was just saying, right? He's like, oh, yeah, love, love, love. That's nice, right? But where are you going? Because wherever you're going, I want to go with you, right? I'm coming with. Where are you going? Right? Because I, I want to be seen with you, right? right? And Jesus is like, look, Peter, I love you, man. But later, Peter, like Jesus says, Peter, you're, in a few hours, you are going to deny that you even know me because you're going to be intimidated by a middle school girl. All right? So, so don't, don't go there. I mean, I love you, man, but... And he's like, what? No, Jesus, no. I I will die for you. I will follow you anywhere. And Jesus said, look, I don't want you to die for me. In fact, when I'm calling you to something much greater than that, I'm calling you to live for me. And how I want you to live is that your life and the way that you treat one another is characterized by this extravagant love. I want people to look at the way, to stand on the outskirts of your community and look in the way that you live and say, look at how they love one another. Look at the way the guys treat the ladies. Look at the way that the ladies treat the guys. Look at the way that they love their kids. Look at the way that they love one another. They, I want people to look in from the outside and say, you know what, I don't believe what they believe. I'm not really not interested in believing what they believe. I don't want to be a Christian, but I can't, re- I can't resist. I, can't, I have to admit that what's going on here is not normal. Right? And it's really attractive. Because what Jesus is saying, you're like, you do this one thing right. Like, there's more to being a disciple. But if you just get this one thing right, it's going to be irresistible. You won't be able to stop it. Nobody will. And by the way, this is exactly the reason that this small band of misfits from all different backgrounds, right, who sometimes seemed like they didn't even really like each other to begin with, were able to overthrow the Roman Empire without a single sword. When the only thing that they had to leverage was their relationships and their love for one another. And that was enough. And it spread like water, wildfire. And Jesus says, this is the way it works. It's really not all that hard. I mean, it's hard. But it's pretty simple. You lay down your life for loving one another, and people are going to be drawn to that. And they're, and they're going to see how I really feel about people when you treat one another this way. It's irresistible, and it's not normal. A right, great illustration of this from this community, right? We have life groups who meet throughout the week. 
This is where people are in relationship with one another and they're seeking to follow Jesus together. And it's a total mess. <laughs> There's, you know, it's really messy because people are messy. But this is where we really do the life on life. Like, let's follow Jesus together and get to know one another. What can't happen on Sunday morning. And so one of our life groups, right, there's, a, there's a family that's part of one of our life groups, and they were, they've been in a season where they're really struggling to pay bills and to get by. And so their life group decided, you know what, we're going to pull together our resources and take care of this family during the season, which is not abnormal. In fact, this kind of thing happens all the time. Uh, what is abnormal is I know the people who are part of this life group, and they don't have much money at all. <laughs> they, they don't. They struggle to pay their own bills. And one of the people who's part of this life group, and, and some of you know who I'm talking about, he was, when he became part of the Mosaic community at first, he, he was homeless. He was living at the city mission, came to Mosaic because he was invited, really had no interest in coming to church, did not want to become a Christian, right? But waited in and began to see what kind of things were happening here. He began to experience the love that exists, not amongst Christians, but amongst disciples. And God got a hold of his heart. And we've had the opportunity to baptize him. He's committed his life to Jesus as a disciple. And now, several months later, the cool thing is, is he's got a home, he's got a job. And the cool thing is, is he, during this time when this life group was like, you know what, we need to take care of this family. He had 500 bucks sitting on his dresser. He'd just gotten paid, sitting there, and he's like, you know what? I need to give this to them. Right, and when we were talking about it, the way he described it, he said, you know what, when I was in need, someone from this community gave me 50 bucks, and it saved my life. And God has done so much for me, he said... I have 500 bucks sitting in my dresser. I don't need that. How in the world can I not give that? And so he did. I don't have to tell you, that's not normal. That's not usually the way it works. I used to work for the city mission. It's not the way that it usually works. right? It doesn't matter actually if you're homeless or not. But just amazing to think, okay, rewind the clock several months later. Homeless, without a job. Several months later, has a job, has a home, giving generously and sacrificially. And that's the kind of thing, people look around and they watch this, and they enter in this community and they see that kind of thing happening, and they're like, okay, this is not normal. Something's different here. And, and I, I don't want to believe, I don't believe what they believe, and I don't want to become a Christian, but there's something here that I can't ignore. And I have to admit that it's pretty attractive. Whatever that is, even though I don't want to believe what they believe, I, I want to be a part of that. Right? And this is the story of, of Mosaic. For, for a number of you in this room, this is your story, I'm telling. Right? This is Elliot's story. Right, and Elliot's going to tell his own story to us here really soon. Right, but he, he told me I could share this. Right, when Elliot entered in our community, this was his story. Did not like Christians, did not like Christianity, had no interest in being either. And so we got together for coffee. He said, but here's the thing. Like, I, 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 I want to be a part of the community. Is that okay? Like, I don't believe, and I don't want to be pressured to believe, right, but I would like to be a part of it if that's cool. And I was like, no, of course you can't be. Oh, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. Of course I didn't say that. I said, of course you can be a part of this community. Man, come, just be, belong, you know? This would be a place where you'd be loved, valued, regardless of what you believe or don't believe. We're praying that God does something really cool in your life, but we don't have to agree spiritually for you to be a part of this community. That's not what it's about. We're just trusting that you be a part of this community and God's going to do what he will with your life and, and hopefully be a good experience. And so he came, and it's so great because, you know, months went by, and it's so great because he'd always, he always made it known. He's like, man, you know, still don't believe anything that you say. <laughs> But I love this community, you know, like I love Mosaic. I was like, that's great, man. I love that you're here. You know, and then, then months went by and, and he started asking some questions, you know, like, okay, I really don't like this about Christians or Christianity. What does the Bible actually have to say about that, right? And we'd open up the scriptures and we'd talk about it, right? And, and God started just doing a work in his life, 
slowly by slow, a little bit by little bit, and then a couple months ago, so cool, called me up. He said, you know, can we get coffee? So we got coffee, sitting there at the coffee house downtown. And, you know, I just asked him, I said, this would be really helpful for me as a pastor to know, like, for you as somebody outside of kind of Christendom, but a part of the Mosaic community, like, what, what are those questions that you just cannot reconcile in, about Jesus followers? It's like, this is what keeps me from ever wanting to be a part of that. This is why I know I can never be that. And so we had a great conversation. He had a couple, a couple of really great struggles, right? And we opened up the Bible and talked about what God actually thought about those things and what being a disciple actually is. And then he was done. I was like, you know, that's, that's not very much. You know, like I was expecting a lot more than that. And he was like, yeah, I guess it's not. And then he said, he said this. He said, you know, he said, this is going to be really hard, isn't it? And I was like, what is so following Jesus. So yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. And he said, you know what I realized though? He said, doing the right thing, I'm figuring out, is just rarely the easy thing. But when you know it's the right thing, you just do the right thing. When you know something's true, it doesn't matter the cost, you you go after it. And I said, That is true. I said, Sounds like you've kind of made up your mind. And he said, Yeah, I guess I have. And then we got to pray together, and through lots of tears. Right, Elliot the atheist decides, you know what, I'm not, I'm not interested in being a Christian or part of Christianity, but being a disciple of Jesus with other disciples of Jesus, that's something I can sign up for. That's what I want to be. And this kind of thing happens all the time at Mosaic. And we don't got to beat people down with the Bible or convince them that we're smarter than they are. Right? We don't got to use whatever to try to argue them in or sell Jesus to them like you would a vacuum cleaner. We just follow Jesus, seek to love one another well. Right? And guys like Elliot... Eventually, God just does a work. Because here's the thing. People are smart. People are smart. You give them enough time, right? They're going to figure out whether something is phony or whether it's legit. And we're fully convinced that Jesus is legit. Right? You spend time with Christians, I don't know what you're going to get, but you spend enough time with disciples, and God is going to show you, and you're going to get a taste of just how good and just how real he is and just how real Jesus is. And that's it. It's just that easy. And that's the heartbeat, by the way, and the vision of Mosaic. But here's the thing. Here's the challenge, right? Are you just a Christian or do you want to be a disciple? Which, which one are you? Because the challenge, of course, Jesus invites us not to be Christian. He didn't come to establish a religion. But he calls us to follow him as disciples. And that's, that's the wax on, wax off right, moment. Like, Jesus, this is what you want me to do? Okay. And it's not always going to work out well. I mean, Jesus was crucified, right? So get ready. It's hard. We're not always going to see how all the pieces fit together or even how Jesus is using it in our midst all the time. But eventually the pieces come together and Jesus says, look, you do this one thing well and look what I can do. All right, so here's the thing. and I'll wrap up. All right, some of you are here and, and I know your stories. And some of you are here and I don't know your stories. But your story is that you've been deeply hurt by religious people by Christians specifically. And that's my story too. And as a result, you're very leery of trusting Christians, even if they call themselves disciples, right? or a church especially. And so for you, you, the woundedness just follows you everywhere, and as a result, you just kind of stay in the outskirts, kind of watch what's going on. You come, maybe come on Sunday morning and you hear a sermon, and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not so good. Maybe you even drop a few bucks in the plate, but then you leave. Right? And we, I've been there. 
And it's okay to be there, but you got to know, like, that's not what being a disciple is. And in fact, I would challenge you, like, if you're serious and you want to become a disciple, you can't do that apart from a local faith community. Right? The call is to love one another. And to be known by that, the one another demands that there's other people, right? Following Jesus is a team sport. And so maybe it's not mosaic, and it doesn't have to be mosaic. But I would encourage you, if you want to be a disciple, you've got to find a faith community that you trust and begin to enter into authentic relationships and begin to follow Jesus with other people. All right, some of you are here and you're like, you know what, okay, I hear what you're saying, Aaron. I don't really buy any of it, um, but I'm willing to stick around and, and check out and see if it's real and see if you mean what you say. But I don't believe it. And just so you know, if that's you, awesome. That's great. Our goal is not to convert you. All right, we're just going to keep following Jesus. And if it's real, we're trusting that God's going to show you that it's real. And if it's not, you're going to be able to smell that, taste that, and you move on. But if you want to be a part of this community and you don't believe, as many of us believe, that's cool. Just know that you're invited. And that this is a community for everybody, or anybody, who wants to be a part of it. But then there's some of you, there's some of you, and you realize, maybe this morning for the first time, that you know what? I've been a Christian for a long time, but I've never, I've never been a disciple. And whatever that is, that's what I want to be. Right? And if that's you, right, I would encourage you to run hard after that. And by the way, it's not going to be pretty at all. But that's part of the great encouragement of this passage, right? that Jesus chose Peter. Right? It's like Jesus was saying, look, Peter, I know you're going to deny me in four hours, but I still choose you. You're still my guy. You're not always going to get this right, but this is what I'm calling you to. So trust me and obey. And so if that's you... I would encourage you to do a couple things very specifically. One, right, in just a minute we're going to pray. And I would specifically challenge you to cross the line of faith. Because, yeah, you might have been a Christian, and that's great, but that doesn't mean anything. Christian is a, it's a bad term sometimes. But you never followed Jesus. And I would, I would challenge you to make a commitment to fo- start following Jesus, as imperfect as it might look. And secondly, to connect to a community of people who are trying to do the same thing. And so what we do here at Mosaic is we have life groups, and that's where it happens. And we have women's groups for the women. Right? If you're a guy, that's not where you go to meet women. You're not invited to those. That's just for the ladies. Um, and then this month, actually, we're going to be kicking off men's ministry at Mosaic. And what that's going to look like is we're going to get together on a monthly basis for breakfast. We're going to talk about men's issues. Women, you're not invited to that either. Um, and then there's going to be guys' groups that spin out of that, guys that are seeking to follow Jesus together. I'd encourage you to get involved in one of those. Just authentic relationship, that's all it takes with people who are trying to follow Jesus. Because that's where the action is. And that's where the life change is. So if you're interested in that, all right, we've got connections cards on some of those chairs, uh, connections cards back at the table, or you can email us, and we'll get you connected to a life group. All right? Are you a disciple? Or are you just a Christian? Let's close in prayer. If you have never crossed the line of faith to become a disciple, and you want to do that now, Just pray with me from wherever you are, silently. The words really don't matter. That's not the point. It's the intentions of your heart. Just pray with me. Dear Jesus, I want to be your disciple. Maybe I've been a Christian for some time. Perhaps I haven't, but I want to be your guy. I want to be your gal. I want to follow you, and I don't know exactly everything that that might entail, but I know that it's real and true, And I want to do that. So Jesus, I accept your grace, your forgiveness, and I ask that you help me to follow you, whatever the cost.
Lord God, I pray for this community, the Mosaic community. And God, I just, I thank you for what you've done already. The stories of just life change. Right, atheists, Buddhists, Muslims, who are seeking to become disciples or become disciples. Those of us who burn out on religion, who want nothing to do with Christianity, but Jesus, you never let us go. And you kept pursuing us. And Jesus, we thank you for that. And so Jesus, we just ask that you would continue to have your way with this community, that this would be a place where we would, we would love one another in such an incredible, beautiful, sacrificial way that people would look in and just be astounded and think, that's not normal. Whatever that is, I might not sign on, but that is attractive and I can't ignore it. Jesus, we want to be that kind of a community. Make us those kinds of disciples. Jesus, we love you, and we pray all these things in your name as God's people. Amen.